0: The year was 897. A nameless monk rows a boat out into the Tiber River. It's early morning. Mist still lingers above the water. He drops a weighted line and drags the river bottom. Again and again he tows the line until finally it snags. He pulls tight up on the rope. There's something heavy on the other end. The surface of the water is broken by a muddy mass covered in leaves and muck. The monk reaches into the water and grabs it, heaving it up into the boat. Between breaths, he mumbles prayers and begins to row to shore. Slowly, the slime slides off the leafy blob across from the monk, revealing first a skull, then a decomposed skeleton. On its right hand, three fingers are missing, and tied to its body are four heavy stones. I'm Zach Lovelace, and this... Is circa. What does it mean to be a person? Is it the ability to think, the ability to feel? The definition of personhood is a slippery one, having roots in philosophy and law, but bleeding into many arenas of thought such as ontology, animal rights, and theology. For as long as humans have been around, answering what we are has always proved difficult. A key component to defining what we are is looking at what we aren't. What is a non-person? What does it mean to have that essence of of your personhood, revoked. In ancient Rome, the greatest punishment that could be laid upon someone of political power was that of damnatio memoriae, or the condemnation of memory. The Senate would vote on this matter, and if passed, all of your accomplishments, patronages, anything you achieved was erased. One of the best examples of damnatio memoriae was the Emperor Geta. He ruled alongside his brother, Caracalla, jointly sharing power. Now, the lust for power has a funny way of growing, and it grew to the point where Caracalla ordered Geta murdered. But the lust didn't stop there. Caracalla went on to reportedly have 20,000 people killed for conspiring with the memory of his brother. He ordered for all images of Geta to be destroyed and for any decision he made to be annulled. Coins with Geta's image were burned, his statues were torn down, and the crazy thing is, to have this happen, it had to be voted on. The Senate had to pass it. The only reason we know of it today is that sometimes, damnatio memoriae was unsuccessful. In its very nature, it would be impossible to trace if enacted thoroughly. This ancient practice is not so foreign to us today. It's found all over, from striking an athlete's name from the Hall of Fame when he's found to have been using steroids, to deleting pictures of your ex off of Facebook. It's even in the movies we watch. Sensitive ears beware, there's harsh language in this next clip. Uh, what is this? A citizen's arrest? Blow me. All right, only one of us is a cop here, Bill. You understand that, Bill? No one knows who well, you are! shut off. the fuck up! I'm a sergeant in the Massachusetts State Police! Who the fuck are you? I erased you! You erased me, huh? Oh, yeah, go ahead. Shoot a cop, Einstein. Watch what happens. Well, what happened is this bull would go right through your fucking head! Watch what happens! What, so you can get the parade, huh? The bagpipes and bullshit? Fuck you! Fuck you! I'm fucking arresting you! That's the stupidest thing you could do! Shut the fuck up! That clip is from one of my all-time favorite movies, Martin Scorsese's The Departed. Matt Damon, the corrupt state police officer, is in trouble of being found out by Leonardo DiCaprio's undercover cop. In a climactic rooftop scene, we find that Leo has been erased. Everything he ever did for the police department is now gone. He's just another no-name thug. The idea of erasing someone is powerful. It strikes something more terrifying than the mortality we all face. It strikes our legacy, the memory of us. More often than not, erasing history is a form of political control. Joseph Stalin famously doctored photographs to remove anyone he fell out of grace with. North Korea is fraught with disappearances of officials. And in Cambodia during the late 1970s, a radical communist regime called the Khmer Rouge murdered millions of their own people. This regime sought to eliminate the new people, or the educated elite, reverting the country back to the old people, an idealized agricultural society. Private property was abolished, and the population was moved out to the countryside where this new era would begin. Their leader, Pol Pot, was trying to erase all traces of modernity, forcibly taking Cambodia back to the Bronze Age. Another great example of this ancient practice of damnatio memoriae is the papacy. As the story goes, the pontificate began with St. Peter, and has been passed down through history to many men leading up to the most recent Bishop of Rome, Pope Francis. But little do most know, there are a curious bunch, a bastard lineage given the title of anti-pope. During the Middle Ages, the church was the most powerful entity on the globe, controlling much of what happened in Europe and the world at the time. Without the infrastructure of the Roman Empire, Europe relied heavily on the church for leadership. This granted clergymen an immense amount of power, so much so that men would do just about anything to get a part of it. When a new pope was elected, oftentimes a faction of rivals would elect their own pope, and the two would fight for power. Whoever won would have the other declared a fraud and annul all of his actions. Some popes would even attack their predecessor, announcing that he was a sham, that he wasn't ordained by God modern Europe is littered with unmarked tombs of these anti-popes, marred with graffiti or defacement. History, as they say, is written by the winners. One of the most famous instances of Pope-Anti-Pope face-off was between Pope Stephen VI and Pope Formosus. The papacy at the time was tumultuous. A few years prior, it had seen its first and second assassinations, and corruption was widespread. Some popes lasted less than a month. When, in 897, Pope Stephen VI called what's known as a synod, or a trial, against his predecessor, Pope Formosus, it was a surprise, but not because of how often it happened, but because Formosus had been dead over a year. Navigating a politically murky time, Stephen enacted Damnatio Memoriae onto Formosus. He did this to cover his own actions of being a bishop in two places at once, a practice outlawed by the church to keep clergymen from growing too powerful. In doing so, he had Formosa's body propped up, dressed in the papal robes, and put on trial. He even hired a deacon to defend the skeleton pope while he condemned it. And in the end, the robes were ripped from the corpse, the three fingers used for blessing were hacked off, and it was weighted and thrown into the Tiber River. Now, you may be telling yourself that ancient people were used to that kind of brutality, that they weren't sickened by this. But you'd be wrong. Not soon after did Pope Stephen VI meet his demise in a riot where he was strangled. The next few popes went back on Stephen's actions and had Formosus retrieved from the river almost a year later, fully reversing the condemnation of his memory. Formosus was formally laid to rest in St. Peter's Basilica and remains there today his story proves that history can be revised and then restored. Dimnatio Memori, erasing someone from history. It's a powerful thing. It's as close to playing God as man can get. So I warn you of this. Deleting someone from your contacts list, blocking them on caller ID, unfriending them on Facebook, all of it grasps at that idea. The idea that my life or even humankind would be better off without the taint of their memory. History is better if they were never a person at all. This puts us in the judgment seat and turns a blind eye to what humanity is capable of. I like to think about history as a single line drawn with no interruptions, each event leading to the next. But that's idealistic. There are patches missing, smudges and loops. It's all part of the mystery of us. But if we are truly the sum of every decision everyone before us has made, then willingly forgetting part of that, a person or event, is an act of self-deception and self-destruction. The more we give in to the desire to erase, edit, or omit, the more we cloud the picture of what it truly means to be a person. Thank you for listening. For you veteran listeners out there, you'll know we committed our own small act of demnatio memoriae by replacing the old season of Circa with these newer, better-produced episodes. Please forgive us. Circa is written and recorded by me, with production help from The Bento Block. And a very special thank you to all those supporting the show on Patreon. If you have any time, please leave a review on iTunes. It helps with visibility on all podcasting platforms. See you next Monday. And remember, you are history.